0: This is not your century. This is not your century where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. Douglas Corrigan was a 31-year-old pilot who took off from Bennett Field in Brooklyn on July 17, 1938, bound for Los Angeles. A little over 28 hours later on July 18th, he landed safely in Dublin, Ireland. He'd become the third person to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean, after only Charles Lindbergh and Amelia Earhart. But while they'd done it in specially designed and tricked-out planes with heavy financial backing, he'd done it in an old beater, a box kite with a motor, with no radio, no instruments. An old wrong-way Corrigan had done it by accident, Thanks to heavy cloud cover and a mishandled compass, he didn't know which way he was going. Can you believe it? Well, if you can, let's go back to Brooklyn. Because I have a bridge I want to sell you. Doug Corrigan was an airplane mechanic and engineer who'd learned how to fly along the way. In 1927, he was working for Ryan Aeronautical in San Diego, and he helped assemble Lindbergh's transatlantic plane, the Spirit of St. Louis. In the early 30s, he and a partner ran a small business flying passengers between towns on the East Coast. In 1933, he bought a four-year-old monoplane for $310. That's about $6,200 today. And he flew it home to the West Coast. It took him 13 days. A friend said he had to land in cow pastures and then work on the old crate all night so he could fly some more the next day. When he got back to San Diego, he tore the plane apart and began rebuilding it. He wanted to fly it, across the Atlantic. Over the next few years he crisscrossed the country with it practicing his navigating skills. Twice he applied for permission to fly to Ireland. But the Department of Commerce turned him down saying the plane wasn't capable of making the flight safely. In fact by 1938 he couldn't get a regular license to fly it domestically. He had to use experimental licenses that had to be renewed every 30 days. In July of 38, he'd gone to New York to spend a week. He stayed with the old friend he'd run that passenger business with, and when he headed to the airfield, he didn't even bring his spare clothes with him. No use lugging this stuff, he said. I'll be back in a week. At the airfield, he asked the manager which runway he should use for his 4 a.m. takeoff, and the manager said, well, my office is to the west of the airfield, so use any runway you want, but just take off pointing east. Corrigan's plane had so many extra gas tanks on it, he couldn't see out the front windows. He took off with 320 gallons of fuel on board, heading east. That airfield manager insisted. He had no idea Corrigan wasn't flying to Los Angeles. 28 hours later, Corrigan landed in Dublin, hopped out of his plane grinning, and was met by stunned officials of the airfield. I just flew from New York, he chirped. Thought I was flying to Los Angeles. He didn't have a passport, so this was a little bit of an international incident, but one that everybody kind of smiled through. He was held in so-called open detention by American diplomats while the situation was straightened out. I must be a bum navigator, he told reporters, grinning. I set the compass wrong. Honest. I meant to go to California. The honors began to pour in, starting with the Burlington, Wisconsin Liars Club. They announced that Wrong Way Corrigan would be made a lifetime member. The club president said after the one he pulled, he deserves it. A Chronicle editorial said the ancient kings of Ireland must have leaped in their graves in delight. How they would have liked this boy with his gay daring, his flouting of staid rules, and that beautiful line of blarney about thinking all the time he was flying west. The New York Post ran a banner headline that read, Hail Wrong Way Corrigan! it was printed backwards. And that was just the start of it. After Corrigan sailed back to New York, he was given a ticker-tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes. It was bigger than Lindbergh's parade had been. Wrong Way Corrigan was a full-blown folk hero. For the next 50 years, if you started walking in the wrong direction, some old guy would probably call you Wrong Way Corrigan. If you watch enough movies from the 40s and 50s, you'll catch all kinds of references to him. He worked in aviation until 1950, and then he retired to an orange grove in Santa Ana. He lived to the age of 88 and never changed his story. He always said he meant to fly to Los Angeles, but the clouds kept him from seeing that he was over the ocean, and his own bum navigating carried him across the Atlantic to Dublin and immortality. You can hear more about the two solo flyers who preceded Wrong Way Corrigan across the Atlantic by digging through the Not Your Century archives. For Charles Lindbergh, find the May 14th episode. For Amelia Earhart, go back to July 2nd. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Some music in this episode is by Kevin McLeod, used under a Creative Commons attribution license. His music is at incompetech.com. Historical Research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.